Thank you so much for that song, uh, Mrs. Smith. I, I was just sitting there. I was, I was thinking, won't it be a wonderful thing to be in heaven someday and look up at the throne of God and think to yourself, everything that he said that he would do, he did. And uh, what, an ama what an amazing thought. I, man, I sure wish there were more people like that here on this earth. Uh, but uh, you can count on God. Everything he promises from the word of God, it will be done. Uh, maybe not in the timing you thought, but it will be done. And uh, that's a wonderful thought. Amen. Uh, hopefully you turned in your Bibles to, to John chapter 14 and read along with uh, Brother Carson just a moment ago. Um, as a <clears throat> young preacher, Brother Rob and I were talking this morning in the hallway about uh, sometimes the struggles of, um, of uh, preaching something the Lord puts on your heart that you know full well you don't know full well. Uh, you, you know what I mean. Uh, and, it, and, and, and struggle a bit and say, oh, well, Lord, I don't know every little thing about that. Uh, that's probably not a great plan. But this is what the Lord wants me to preach tonight. So this is what I'm going to preach tonight. And uh, this has been in my heart for uh, a while now. And that is the, the role of the Holy Spirit in our Christian life. And sometimes I feel like uh, the Holy Spirit um, gets... Uh, overshadowed, if you will, uh, by the other two parts of the Trinity of the Godhead. And that ought not to be because he is God. And uh, he, is, he is God the same as God the Father and the same as God the Son. And he ought to have the same amount of our attention and understanding. But I feel like maybe it's because, maybe it's because we don't want to seem like we're ecumenical. Maybe it's because we, we don't want to. Maybe it's because we're trying to, to not look anything like the group of people who would put maybe all of their emphasis on uh, the Holy Spirit and, and an incorrect view of the Holy Spirit as well. And so maybe it's because we're trying to stray from that. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like it's something that's just not talked about in our, you know, we'll say, praise the Lord, and we'll say, uh, you know, isn't it wonderful to know, uh, uh, you know, that Jesus died on the cross for us, and we'll say all those things, but very seldom we say, wow, the, the Holy Spirit really comforted me this morning. Uh, and, and things along those nature. And, and maybe it's because we don't want to see, oh, the Holy Spirit. Whoa, okay, all right. Uh, you know, uh, um, because you're, 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 you, know, you might be opening a can of worms, so to speak, when you, when you say those sorts of things. So I think it's important for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does and what he is uh, supposed to be to us uh, as the believer. And uh, there are some places in the word of God that we can turn to this evening to, uh, to find that out. And the first thing that we, we ought to know uh, about the Holy Spirit is how he uh, how he communicates with us. Um, I had the um, it was a privilege to travel with uh, would travel with Brother Tim last uh, last weekend and go uh, to a funeral service for a, a dear friend of mine uh, who passed away, and uh, it was a good trip. It was a good trip, and I got to see a, a lot of close friends and a lot of uh, people that I you know are from my family away from family. And anyways. Um, but one person that I was able to see that I hadn't seen in a long time, his name is Bill Goldsboro, and he was a teacher at, uh, at, at Grace Baptist College when I was there. And you, you pray for him, it's dementia, correct? He has dementia, and, and uh, he is uh, hit or miss a little bit. But, but, but uh, anyways, but I, I knew that he probably wouldn't even remember me and that he probably wouldn't even know maybe even what I was talking about. But I had to thank him because uh, he taught uh, the 7 a.m., um, uh, 
uh, Bible class uh, my freshman year, and it was, he literally was the very first teacher that I ever had for anything. Uh, 7 a.m., first morning, come in, and he would play these scripture songs. Uh, he would just play the scripture songs, and when he stopped playing, that meant classes started. And if you came in after class started, you had to come up in front of the entire class and sign this big piece of paper that says, I was late, <laughs> you know, uh, up at the front of the class. And he, when you came in, he would go, oh, brother, look, everybody, oh, come on up here and sign right here, whoa, and he would make a big fun thing uh, out of it. Some students Students, they, you know, thought that was funny, and others, they really didn't, didn't like that at all, but uh, maybe don't be late, you know, uh, and so anyways, but, but he was a wonderful man, and he taught uh, a lesson that I've used over and over and over and over and over again in, 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 in teaching and in preaching, and that is who we are as, as, as a human being, how God created us. Uh, the Bible teaches us that in, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that God created us in his image, and God said uh, let us make man in our image. The three of them communing with each other as one, but also as three in that moment, deciding they're going to make man in their image. Now, that's not to say that our God has a face like ours or God has arms and legs like ours. That is to say we are three parts in the same way that God is three parts. One, but also three. That's because we have a body and that is the part of each other that we recognize, that we see, that we understand. Uh, that is, uh, you know, when I see Brother Reamers, I see him, I recognize him by his body. Uh, uh, but that is not truly who Mr. Reamers is. Um, uh, you know, uh, that is your, your senses, your touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing, all right, the, the, the makeup, uh, the, the body. Uh, then there is the spirit, the spirit. And I've heard some describe our spirit as our mind, our will, and our emotions, uh, uh, that, that part of us uh, that, uh, that decides, that part of us that feels uh, 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 one way or another about something. Um, but that part is, is interesting because that part when you were born was dead. It was dead and, uh, and needed to be born again. And then when we say born again, that's what we mean. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter two, verse 17 says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And God did not lie when he said that. He did not lie. Uh, Adam and Eve took of that fruit. They did not fall down physically dead, but their spirit that day died within them. And from that moment going forward, there needed to be a sacrifice for sin. Uh, there needed to be something to keep that, to, to allow that spirit to once again communicate with the Holy Spirit. That part that, and we're going to get there in a little bit, that part that is supposed to dwell within you, the believer, and is supposed to communicate with your spirit, which hopefully, if you're born again, has been made alive, which is wonderful, and able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And, and so after we're saved, it's made alive again. And, uh, and if you'd read again with me, uh, John 14, 15 through 17, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Uh, this is the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. That's another name for the Holy Spirit in the Bible, also Holy Ghost, uh, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The lost world, they can't know the Holy Spirit. They cannot communicate with the Holy Spirit like you and I can, and that is because their spirit is dead within them, and they do not even understand. They do not even understand. Um, uh, uh, there's one last part to us, and that is our soul. And I've heard uh, the soul described in many different ways, but the one I like the most is our eternal standing with God, where we stand uh, 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 with him, our soul. Uh, our eternal destination is determined by whether our soul has been uh, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ 
or it has not. And, uh, and that part of us is that eternal part of us that one day will live forever with uh, God in heaven. Um, uh, the world, the world, it's interesting, and, and, and really the devil, he's trying to tempt you through this, but he tries to speak to you physically. You notice all the temptations, when we list temptations, what we think of are all things that affect our body. They're all things that bring joy and enjoyment to uh, our senses, to our taste, our smell, our sight, our hearing, our touch. All of those things are all the things that we are tempted by. So the devil, he is trying to, he is trying to tempt us physically, and in doing so, he affects our spirit. And see, God, he works the other way around. Using the Holy Spirit, he's trying to make a connection with your spirit so that you will, that you will have a, a spiritual reaction. By the way, not an emotional reaction. A lot of churches are preying on people and their emotional reactions. There's a, there's a big difference. Having a spiritual reaction, sometimes that does um, bring out an emotion, for sure. But there's a big difference between an emotional reaction and hearing from the Holy Spirit of God. There's a, there's a big difference, and it's important to know the difference uh, in your life. Um, uh, but, but God, he tries, to, he tries to speak through your spirit, and in doing so, there's a reaction, there's a physical reaction. I, I, now I, I want to go out soul winning, I want to read my Bible, I, I want to spend time in prayer. Now there's things you do with your Bible because of what God has done in your spirit. Um, and the difference, the difference can come in one's life is when we learn to tune out all those other voices and listen for the Holy Spirit of God. And I, I pray and hope that right now in the middle of, of this sermon, that that's your, that's your heart as a believer tonight, that you're, that you're praying and hoping, uh, hoping uh, uh, God, uh, I wanna be tuned into you tonight. Uh, whatever you have for me, even if it's just uh, a little nugget of truth, I want to hear it tonight. Uh, um, this morning in the, uh, my 7th and 8th grade boys Sunday school class, we're going through the book of James right now. And uh, we're, we were in uh, James 1, I believe it's 19. Uh, it says, uh, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Um, and, and swift to hear, in my mind, swift to hear is I'm going to hang on. I'm, I want to be quick to hear, but I also want to hang on to every word that's being preached or said, just, to, just in case there's one thing I haven't heard before, one little nugget of truth that I can learn. And so I pray that that's, that's your uh, heart tonight. Um, but uh, uh, I was thinking about this, uh, tuning out all the other voices. I was trying to think of a good illustration of that. And I remembered when I was in Little League, uh, when I was a kid in Michigan, and uh, um, my brother Tim knows the place where I, uh, the, uh, the Van Tile uh, uh, road there, where, where we would have uh, uh, played Little League when I was a kid. And my dad, he was the umpire for a lot of the games. So he wasn't in the stands, and technically he wasn't really even supposed to cheer for me when I went up to bat, especially since I was two feet from him, and that would seem pretty, you know, uh, you know, cheer for the guy at bat, probably going to call all of them balls, and then everybody's going to get upset. And, and uh, anyways, because uh, you know how parents are at a, you know, Christian function, but hey, amen. Uh, but, uh, um, but uh, you know, so, so it would be my mom in the stands who'd be cheering. And it was interesting to me because there'd only be maybe 100 people total in the stands on both sides. To me, it was thousands and thousands, you know, and you, you know, uh, but, but probably something like that. But, but, you know, it would get noisy, but no matter what, I could always hear my mom cheering because I knew her voice. I spent enough time one-on-one -on -one with her that when the crowd got loud, I could still pick her out. And that's the difference. You spend enough time one-on-one -on -one asking and pleading for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to help you so that when the noise comes, you can tune out all those other things and focus in and say, 
there it is right there. That's the Holy Spirit of God talking to me right now. And you say, how do I, how do I know that voice? Seek that voice. Uh, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, um, Brother Rob this morning gave an excellent sermon, a reminder about getting in the word of God. You want to hear the voice of God, get in your Bible. Get in the word of God, you wanna hear that voice. Um, this morning, or sorry, this evening, uh, I would like to give you um, just a couple simple uh, reminders, probably, probably things that all of us in here know that the Holy Spirit does, but maybe let's put it all together tonight and really think about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit and his role in our life. Uh, the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he communes. He communes with us. And, and uh, for, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, if you would. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14, the Bible says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you, amen. To me, uh, communing is like a long conversation that you have with a close friend and you just, you get lost in that conversation and, and it goes from one place to another. You could have started off talking about one thing and by the time you're done, you're talking about something co totally and completely different and you don't even know all the places that you went in that conversation. And when it's all done, you look at your, you look at your watch, you look at the clock and you say, oh, I've got to go. Oh, I hate that I've got to go. I wish I could stay here and I wish I could talk with you forever. I, I wish, have any of you ever had a conversation like that with somebody? Maybe somebody you haven't seen in a while or maybe just somebody you feel really, really close to and and you have that kind of a connection. To me, that's what communing is. Uh, um, and uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I feel like I quote this every time I preach, but it's a verse that I love, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that every moment of every day you're walking around uh, uh, praying out loud and ignoring all the things that you need to do in your life and not talking to anybody because you're praying. No, but it means keeping an open line I, I want to bring the Holy Spirit with me today wherever I go. I want him to be a part of everything that I do today. I want to keep that conversation open, uh, uh, and I want to commune with him today. The Holy Spirit communes, but only if you allow him to. Holy Spirit communes, but only if you allow him to. The second thing, second thing that the Holy Spirit does that's very important is he counsels. The Holy Spirit counsels us. Uh, go ahead and turn to John chapter 14. Back, uh, I'm having you turn back to John chapter 14 and verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. <clears throat> the Bible says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Uh, uh, hey, those things that uh, those things that, uh, that you've read in the word of God in your one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord, those things that you've heard from the preaching of the word of God, uh, those things will come, if you spend some time with the Holy Ghost, if you invite him to come with you day by day, those things are gonna come to your mind when you need them the most. And those moments where it doesn't seem like you have the answers, where you're not sure what the answer to the question is, those things will come to your mind. I can't tell you how many times... I can't tell you how many times I've been out soul winning in particular because these are when the most difficult questions get asked when you run into somebody, uh, some particularly difficult person who has all sorts of theological questions for you at the door. And, and I'm a young man and I don't pretend like I know absolutely everything, but man, I'd like to know that if somebody asked me a question about something key from the Bible, from the word of God, that I could give them the answer. And to hear the question and think, oh no, oh no, oh boy, oh, what a question was that. Oh man. And, and to stand there and think, and then suddenly the verses the verses come. And this hasn't happened very often, maybe only two or three times ever, but the verses start coming. And before you know it, I'm thinking, I haven't thought of that verse in a long time. I haven't, I haven't, 
I'm sure I've read it recently, the last year. You know, but I, I don't, can't remember the last time I studied that verse. I think, but, but verses start coming to your mind. And the Holy Spirit has promised that he'll bring those things to your remembrance. And uh, 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 it's a powerful and important part of connecting with the Holy Spirit is he counsels us in the way that we ought to go. Turn over just a page or two to John chapter 16 and verse 13. John chapter 16 and verse 13. The Bible says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not, uh, shall not speak go himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you the things to come. Uh, uh, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. You're having trouble. You're having trouble understanding the word of God. You're having trouble uh, 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 processing with your reading. Here's a promise from the word of God. Get the Holy Spirit involved. Holy Spirit of God, help me understand this. Show me what it is that I'm supposed to, show, show me what it is that I'm supposed to know. Here's a promise that God will help you with that. Uh, the Bible says, in the, in the book of James, the Bible says that and if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. Upbraideth not uh, means uh, 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 doesn't get tight. You know, doesn't, 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 oh no, I'm not gonna give that. You ask God for wisdom, he's gonna pour it out to you. And, and so uh, get the Holy Spirit involved and he will guide you into all truth. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Here's an Old Testament promise about the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is, is all over the New Testament, but, but the, here's an Old Testament promise, the Holy Spirit of God, if you will take the time to get the Holy Spirit involved in your life, he will bring things to your remembrance. He will guide you. And, and uh, uh, like I was mentioning before, we're going through the book, book of James right now in, in my seventh and eighth grade Sunday school class. I love the book of James. There are random days where for no real reason other than I just feel like it, I'll just read the book of James. And I would say probably at least once a week for the last, I don't know, probably, I think I started that my junior year of college, something like that, once a week. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing the math on that correctly, I've read through the book of James over 600 times, something like that, all right? That's not, it's five chapters. You could do it. You could do it right now while, you know, while, I'm, while I'm preaching. It's not that, that, that wonderful of an accomplishment. Um, but you would think that in that, in, in, and I believe, I, I might be mistaken, but I believe there's 127 verses, I think, in all five chapters, something like that, uh, uh, across there. So you would think that if I've read through uh, uh, the book of James that many times, Surely I've gotten all of it. Surely I've gotten every little piece of information, every little thing that I could possibly notice or understand. I promise you, every time I've read through it, I've had to stop and go, that's in there? That is in there? Are you kidding me? How in the world did I miss that the first 450 times? How did, how did that happen? Why? Because, uh, because, um, uh, because the Holy Spirit of God will guide you into all truth. When you invite him to be a part of your time with the Lord, he will, he will help you and he will guide you. Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse 21 says this. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And my thought is this, if the authors of the word of God, the men who penned the word of God were moved by the Holy Ghost to write it, I should probably get the Holy Ghost involved to understand it. 
That's my thought process on that, on that matter. I, I think that he probably knows best how to explain what's written there. And so, uh, so get the Holy Ghost involved and, uh, and get some counsel from him. So the Holy Ghost, he, uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit communes and counsels, but he also, he comforts. And this is the one that, that, that uh, uh, most Christians immediately turn to when we think of the Holy Spirit. And that's because it's such a powerful part of being a Christian is having that, that peace that passes all understanding that comes from the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, turn to Romans 8. Eight and verse 26, if you would. Romans 8, verse 26. <clears throat> the Bible says this, says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there before. I'm sure that you have been there before. Something so painful or something so uh, a trial that seemed so big that you didn't even know the words to say and you're just weeping and you're crying out to God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you mean. And he knows exactly what you mean. And he will... Um, interpret that, so to speak, maketh intercession on your behalf, excuse me, uh, to God the Father. And that is part of what he does in, in bringing comfort is, is that, he, uh, uh, that he understands those things. Uh, for most uh, Christians, like I said, comfort is that first thing that we think of uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit's interaction with our own spirit. And I mentioned that we, we went to the funeral service for my, for my friend and uh, you know, in the, in the days before it was determined that he was not going to be found, for those of you who are following that story, all of my prayers were spent on find him, find him, find him. And as soon as they called it off, and then obviously, especially as soon as they, they, they found him uh, and, and they were bringing him, uh, uh, his body, uh, back to Michigan, or back to, uh, back to Gaylord, as soon as they made that announcement, I mean, obviously, I had a time of grief, a time where I was, I was thinking about how much I was going to miss him and all those things. But then immediately, the Holy Spirit started comforting. Immediately, the Holy Spirit brought to mind, hey, so, so if the Lord is good to me and I live and I, and I get my, and my three score and 10, that's what Brother Ewing uh, always said at, at, at Grace. He always say, Lord, just pray the Lord give me my three score and 10. Lord, give me my three score and 10. That's 40 years, you know? That's not that long. I mean, that really seems like a long time. It's not that long. It really isn't. And I think, I genuinely think that the, one of the first reactions we're gonna have as Christians when we enter heaven is, is laugh. We're gonna laugh at how silly we were to think that 40 years was a long, long, long time. Because that first moment that we're in heaven and we realize, oh, we're here for eternity with all these people. We're, we're stuck here forever. Uh, that first moment when you realize that 40 years is, not, is, 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 a, is the tiniest drop in the bucket is going to be, uh, anyways, I just think that there's, you know, uh, anyhow, and so the, the Holy Spirit was comforting me with those thoughts and, he, and, and the Holy Spirit was also comforting me with this thought. James, he was my friend, he was 32 years old. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 32 years old and he did so much with his life and he helped so many people and he led so many people to the Lord and he was a light for, uh, for Christ all his days. And he finished his race way shorter than anybody expected, but he finished it faithful. And that's what we, what we all want to be said of us, regardless of, of the age that we are when we pass. That's what we want to be said of us. And, and I get to say that about my friend. And that was comforting. And it was one thought right after another, after another, these comforting thoughts, all of them based on the word of God that I had spent time reading and 
does, hopefully that makes sense to you. That's the difference between uh, the funeral of a Christian and those that don't know the Lord is that hope uh, that First Thessalonians 4.13 says. It says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And, um, uh, uh, and so it was, it was wonderful to think about those things and, and uh, my friend James and all those, and, and wonderful memories and things along those lines, but, but the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it, it came when I needed it the most. And it's because I had spent time before that uh, learning those things and asking uh, the Holy Spirit to be a part of my life. Uh, turn to John chapter 16 and verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, the man, Christ Jesus, he recognized how important it was for us as human beings to have this comfort in our lives because he lived as a man in the same way that you and I, uh, uh, as a human being, in the same way that, that you and I do. <coughs> and he made that plain to his disciples in John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I, will I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. I need to leave. I need to leave because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you just don't understand. And you need the Holy Spirit. Here's Christ telling his disciples, you just wait. You just wait until you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll, you'll thank me for leaving, all right? Because it's expedient for me that I go. I've got to get out of here now. Because if only you understood the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you, 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 would, you would understand. And we know that because uh, the Holy Spirit of God descended on him like a dove when he was baptized. And he lived with that Holy Spirit power. And he said, hey, that same power is, is, a, is going to be available to you if you want it. If you'll allow it, if that same power is available to you. Um, uh, uh, my thought is this. I, I had this thought while I was preparing, and I don't know if this is, I, I, this is, maybe this is just a side note, but this, don't we like being comfortable? I like being comfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable. And I don't need comfort only when I get hurt or I'm sick. Sometimes I just want to be comfortable. So why is it in our spiritual lives when we're offered the comforter we only turn to him or ask for comfort when we need comfort. Why, you know, if I came home every day, every day that I had a good day, I didn't hug my mom. And every day that I had a bad day, I hugged her so tight and I said, oh mom, all right, my mom would start wishing that I had bad days. <laughs> she would. So why is it that when we have a comfort in our life and we have the opportunity to be spiritually comfortable in our walk with the Lord, we only, we only seek that comfort when there's something. I don't know. That's just a little, that was just a side thought, but uh, amen. But uh, the Holy Spirit, he counsels, and, or I'm sorry, he communes, he counsels, he comforts, and he also convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. Uh, John chapter 16, once again, and verse number eight. One verse over. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. In Acts chapter nine, <coughs> excuse me, we see the Lord call this conviction a type of prick uh, when speaking to Saul on the Damascus Road. And I think that sums the feeling up uh, really well for me whenever I felt convicted. It's just this little annoying, uh, won't go away prick uh, that, you, that you can't quite shake and it isn't really causing you a lot of pain, but it's, it's leave me alone. This kind, of, this kind of prick that the Holy Spirit comes like somebody poking you in the, you know, just poking you in the side and, and, and trying to get you to, to pay attention to something. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, uh, 
uh, it's a small poke or prodding by the Holy Spirit, an attempt to get us to recognize our need for repentance. Um, I think all of us can uh, uh, agree here that we don't like pain. No one, no one enjoys going through pain. But if it weren't for pain, we would not recognize our need for something to be fixed. If it weren't for pain, we would be, you know, we would be severely injured. You would look down and there'd be a massive gash in your leg and you would think to yourself, well, how long has that been there? Oh my, you know, it's, it's been hours and hours and you didn't even notice. You know, pain is actually a blessing. It's a wonderful thing. And, and uh, um, uh, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit for us spiritually is supposed to be that pain. It's supposed to be that little indicator light to us as we're, as we're driving around, so to speak, that lets us know, hey, something is wrong. You need to stop and fix that. Why do we get so upset at the conviction? It, it's a lifeline to us. It's, a, it's, a, it's an emergency warning system. It's, it's, it's exactly what we need in order to survive this, uh, uh, this journey. And I don't know why we get so upset at the conviction uh, of the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, one of my best memories with James uh, was a time that we went to North Carolina while we were traveling. Uh, and we met up with a family called the, uh, the Wise Family. We met up with them when we went flounder gigging. Now, I don't know if any of you have, have ever been flounder Has anybody ever been flounder gigging before? All right, all right, so me and Brother Tim. But it's, uh, it's, um, it's interesting. We, we pulled up to uh, uh, the shore at, at the ocean, and uh, we got out, and they pulled the battery out of the pickup truck uh, that we were driving, they stopped, they pulled the hood up, and they pulled the battery out. And that's when you know, you're like, well, where are we at right now? Uh, they pulled the battery out, and they put that in an inner tube, and they hooked up uh, uh, a, a light bulb on a stick, that, but it had a, uh, um, a glass covering over top, a watertight seal over top of it. And then that was plugged into the car battery, so this is really bright light, and they're, they're putting that down in the water. Now, I'm pushing the inner tube behind, and, and Trent, uh, the, one of the pastor's sons there, he turns back to me and goes, don't let that flip over. And I was like, why? He's like, we'd all fry, man. He's like, whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, anyways, and I'm, I, I don't know, I don't, I still to this day don't know 100% if he was messing with me or not. But it sure seemed like it because, but anyhow. Uh, uh, so what you do with that light is you, you go and you shine it right in their face. The uh, uh, flounder, uh, they're, they're kind of a flat fish and they have eyes on either side of their head and they lay flat like this on their side. And you shine that light right in one of their eyes with the line down and they just stare at the light. They don't know what to do. And then boom, you take this basically a spear. <coughs> it's a gig, all right? It has little barbs on the, on, on the end of it and you run them through and you pull them out and then you pull them off and put them in a little bucket. And on we went and we went up and down the shore flounder gigging. And we're walking along and all of a sudden I feel a little motion down by my, by my legs and I look down and not one, not two, but probably about 20 of these little fish about this big, nearly see-through bodies with these big long noses are stabbing at my legs, just going to town. And I'm like, what in the world? And, and Trent, you know, uh, he turns back, he goes, those are needlefish. And I'm like, what? And he goes, he was like, yeah, they're like mosquitoes. They leave a little saliva in there. You can't feel them. He's like, you're going to want to get out of the, you're going to want to get out of here, man. He goes, he goes, you're going to want to eat, you know, go to what he's, uh, he was like, they like the white meat. <laughs> and I was like, anyhow, and, uh, but I remember I, I ran up out of there and I'm trying to, I'm swatting them away. And I got down and I looked and there was just all these little mosquito-like bumps all over my legs from these, from these little, from these little fish. And I thought, how funny is that? They're, they're, they're preying on my, we're so used to when something is hurting us, there is pain. But they were getting rid of that with that little bit of saliva. And I tell you what, after about an hour or so, after it wore off, I knew they had bit me. 
all right? I was itching and scratching and, oh my goodness, and, 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 and pain came later. Aren't you glad for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you glad for it? You, sh you should be glad that the Holy Spirit convicts. Um, uh, we, ought, oh, we ought to be thankful for it, not shy away from it or, or to be upset when it comes. It's our lifeline. Don't, don't ignore it. Uh, uh, one of the reasons why you ought not to ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit is because you, you, you're, you're, you're in danger of quenching that Holy Spirit. And in the beginning, when you're, when you're right with the Lord and, you're, and your desire is to be right with him, the Holy Spirit of God is gonna be loud. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you thinking right now? There's gonna be that, there's gonna be, but over time, that voice is gonna grow quieter and quieter. Hey, are we on the same page here still? Hello, all right, okay, okay, I'm just gonna leave you alone now. I, I don't know what you're up to. I'll be here, you know? And, and, and we quench that Holy Spirit. And uh, the, uh, the, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And uh, have a desire in your heart to keep a short list with God. Take the conviction of the Holy Spirit as seriously as possible. Matthew 3, verse 16, if you'd turn there uh, with me. Matthew 3 and verse 16. Matthew 3 and verse 16. I made mention of this passage of scripture earlier. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I think the Bible is very particular all the time about the words that it uses, and when it describes the Spirit here as a, uh, uh, like a dove, doves, they're fragile, they're easily frightened creatures. Trying to get one to stay around you is nearly impossible if you're brash or, 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 or uh, uh, not very careful with how you are acting. You have to act in a calm, careful manner because a, a dove has a very uh, uh, flighty spirit. It takes off really easily. And the Holy Spirit of God, we ought to have such a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God that we want, hey, when that conviction comes, we go, hey, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm taking this seriously. Please stay with me. Please don't leave me. I, I need you, Holy Spirit of God. I, I'm gonna take this conviction seriously. Whatever it is that you need me to fix here, whatever it is that you need me to do, I will do it. That's the spirit that keeps the Holy Spirit of God uh, in tune and, uh, and, and bringing that conviction that we so desperately need. But I was getting convicted of my need for salvation. That, that conviction uh, was unbearable at times. Sometimes that conviction that, that I needed to be saved and I was so proud, I was so uh, arrogant. Uh, those of you who've heard my testimony and uh, just unwilling to, to yield and to give up. Uh, anyways, and, and uh, I had a bad car accident in February of, of 2011 and very easily could have taken my life and if it were not for the grace of God. And I still, after that, waited three months to, to settle it. And the Holy Spirit of God kept bringing that conviction, bringing that conviction. I'm so thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, this evening because without it, I do not know where I would be. I do not know. And so I'm thankful for it. Uh, the, the, the last thing that I'd uh, uh, like to <coughs> bring uh, to you tonight uh, the Holy Spirit communes, he counsels, he comforts, he convicts, and the Holy Spirit controls. Or rather, he should. He ought to. And this is kind of a special one because the Holy Spirit, he needs you to allow him to control, to have that control. And, and you have to make that decision. As Paul said, he died daily to himself every day. He yielded himself 
to the Spirit of God because he wanted God to guide and to direct him. And it's the Spirit of God that we bring with us in our day-to-day life and that we need in order to say, truly, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit of God and that we are serving the Lord the way he's asked us to. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. <coughs> and verse 20. The Bible says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God? And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us in all ways and turning over every aspect of our lives to the Lord for full control is oftentimes referred to as consecration. I'm giving absolutely everything that I have to your full control. Way easier said than done. So many things in our lives that we don't even think about the fact that we've not turned those things over to the Lord. And in my opinion, it takes a lifetime of searching and seeking and giving and turning things over to the Lord and turning things over to the Lord and making those mistakes and fixing them and a lifetime of trying to get to that place where you're totally consecrated to the Lord. Um, I once heard a preacher say it this way and I really like this. He says, salvation was when you got all of God. Consecration is when God gets all of you. And, uh, and uh, it, 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 how, uh, how uh, wrong would it be for God to give us all that he has and for us not to completely return the favor and give him absolutely everything that we can possibly offer him? And God doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. He wants us to be a part of what he is doing. And as long as he wants that, I'd like that as well. Um, because I know that I could never uh, earn what he has done for me. And uh, so the more of our lives that we're willing to turn over full control of to the Lord, the more he can work in and through us for his glory. And that ought to be the goal of every serious-minded Christian here. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the, uh, the flesh. Uh, Galatians chapter five and verse 22 says, uh, says this about the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When we are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and to direct us, these things will be apparent. And notice, as it's been pointed out many, many times by pastor and other preachers, it says the fruit of the spirit. The fruit, not the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. All of these things will be in some way or another apparent in the life of a person who is allowing the Holy Spirit of God to lead and to guide and to direct them in their every step. Um, and uh, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, the, the answer to the question, how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? How can we? The answer is really simple. Ask. Ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. We oftentimes will pray and we'll say, Lord, fill the preacher with the Holy Spirit as he preaches. Why is that not our prayer when we say, hey, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit as I go to work today? Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit as I get up and sing in church today. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit as I work with the young people in our church today. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit as I go and pick up kids on, on a bus route. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit as I deal with my children today in a godly manner, the way that, 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 uh, that God has, has asked me to in the word of God. Uh, why is that not our prayer as well? Why do we take it so seriously for the preacher to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but not ourselves? There's nothing special about any man that's ever stood behind this pulpit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in everything that you do. That's the, that's the being controlled part is how desperate are you for that power in your life? How desperate are you for that? Um, uh, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 13. 
Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says this. It says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? He's desperate. He's desperate to be a part of your life. He's longing for it. He can't wait for you to ask. This isn't going to be a negotiation. This is going to be a birthday present. This is going to be, he, can't, he absolutely cannot wait uh, to, uh, for you to come to him and say, Lord, I'm, I'm letting go. I'm, I'm sick and tired of trying to muscle my way through this Christian life. I'm sick and tired of trying to do all of these things in my own strength, in my own power. Lord, you have promised all of these things to me and more if I just ask you to do it. And I'm asking. And he will. It's a promise from the word of God. It's right there. Um, and I've made mention of this illustration before, but there was a time in Bible college uh, 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 where uh, uh, I would get up in the morning and I would go to my closet and I'd open up and I would say, Lord, what color dress shirt do you want me to wear to Bible college today? I don't think God cared what color dress shirt I wore to Bible college that day. I don't think he cared what, what shirt I wore to work later in the evening. I don't think that he cared. But I wanted him to know that I cared about every little thing. And I wanted to start my day by letting him know that he is invited to be a part of my life today. And, and as silly as a thing as, as that sounds, as small of a thing as that sounds, I wanted him to know that down to the smallest little detail about today, I'm serious about having the Holy Spirit guide me in my life. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, would we all have that kind of mentality when it comes to every single day? Oh, I wish that I every single day live that way. I don't. But I wish that every single day I would, I would have that sort of mentality in my life. It would change us. It would change our, our personal lives. It would change us as a church. If every person came to church already filled with the Holy Spirit, it would be remarkable. It would be, it would be a, a, a wonderful thing. Um, I'm, I'm always scared of this. I'm always scared uh, of, of this illustration that I heard once, and I, I, I'm not sure if this is how it's gonna go, but, but I'm always scared of this illustration that someday I'll stand before the throne of God and the things that I did for God will be, will be discussed and those crowns that, that, that we desire to, to earn for our Savior will be discussed. And, and, he'll, and he'll say, how long did you serve me for? Well, God, I, I, after I finished Bible college, I went in the ministry and I served you for, you know, however many years, however many years. And, uh, and, and he'll turn and look and say, hey, record keeper, how much of that did he do in his own power? Oh, Lord, yeah, about oh, well over half of it. He was muscly. He was just trying to do it in his own strength, and he didn't get you involved in anything that he was doing. He was just going, going, going. Admirable, but, you know, he didn't need to do that. He had your power available the whole time. If only he would have done what was necessary to have it. And uh, I... I, I I don't think, I don't know, I don't think <laughs> that, that, that that may happen, but man, I would hate that if that happened, to find out that there was so much, such, uh, so much more power available uh, to me as a servant of the Lord that I did not take advantage of. And um, if I could ask uh, my wife to come uh, at this time uh, uh, to the piano, I just wanted to illustrate something, what it's like to try to muscle your way through the Christian life. This afternoon, hopefully uh, this will work. This afternoon, I spent a little bit of time trying to figure this out the first I don't play the piano so this could go very very badly 
all right? But I spent, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10, uh, 15 minutes, something like that. I kept coming back to the piano trying to practice. This is gonna go so badly because it's been hours since I did this. But we're gonna try it, all right? I'm gonna try to play something here. There we go. Okay, I found it. All right. Yeah, something like that. Very cool. I, I got the melody right at the, the first verse of Sweet, Sweet Spirit. And it took me like 10, 15 minutes, something like that. And I did trial and error and I played through. Oh, no, that's not right. Oh, no, that's not right. Oh, it's the third one. Oh, skip two notes. Okay, well, no, none of the black. It's not any of the black keys. Uh, right? I'm muscling my way through. Did I play the song? Sure. Absolutely. All right? And I muscled my way through and I got the job done. Or I could just say, hey, Holy Spirit, could you, could you help me out? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to muscle my way through this Christian life. I don't have to, I don't have to uh, uh, do it in my own strength, in my own power. I can bring along the one who already knows how to play the instrument. I can bring along the one who knows every little thing about every little thing, who can lead me and guide me and counsel me and comfort me and convict me and help me. I have access to all that. And yet, and yet, days go by without me thinking about him. Days go by without me asking him for his help. And I'm over here, <laughs> plunking away at my life, thinking that I'm accomplishing some great thing, and the Lord is standing there going, it's technically the song, but my word, you know, you could, uh, your, your, your life could be so much more fruitful. There could be so, uh, so much more that you could do for me if only you'd learn to do it through my power, through my strength. And it's not about us. It's not about me standing here and acting like I've done this thing. It's about me at the end of the day saying, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's doing this in my life and through me. And, uh, and I appreciate, thank you, thank you so much. Um, but, but I, I heard that illustration uh, by a preacher. His name is John Hamlin. I, I believe he's actually, he, he's, he's preached here before, but I've heard that illustration before and it changed my life. It changed the way I thought about the Holy Spirit day after day after day after day after day, trying to do all of these things in my own strength, uh, be a, a father in my own strength and a husband in my own strength and, and a son and a brother in my own strength and a teacher and a preacher and, and uh, so many other aspects of life trying to do all these things in my own strength and God is interested in every single one of them. He's got answers for me for every single one of them. If only I would learn to get in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. Heads bowed and eyes closed this evening. We'll pray and then I'll be, I'll be finished this evening. Thank you for listening.